Welcome to our podcast on A Course in Miracles. We're so happy to have you with us today. We're still in the psychotherapy purpose, process, and practice. And this is um, still the second part, section seven. The ideal patient-therapist relationship. Who then is the therapist and who is the patient? In the end, everyone is both. He who needs healing must heal. Physician, heal thyself. Who else is there to heal? And who else is in need of healing? Each patient who comes to a therapist offers him a chance to heal himself. He is therefore his therapist and every therapist must learn to heal from each patient who comes to him. He thus becomes his patient. God does not know of separation. What he knows is only that he has one son. His knowledge is reflected in the ideal patient-therapist relationship. God comes to him who calls, and in him he recognizes himself. Well, what do you think of that, Sandra Ray? <laughs> Everybody's your mirror, right? Yeah, and the people who come to you are your therapists, mm. even though they appear to be the patient. Think carefully, <clears throat> teacher and therapist, for whom you pray and who is in need of healing. For therapy is prayer, and healing is its aim and its result. What is prayer except that joining of minds in a relationship which Christ can enter? This is his home into which psychotherapy invites him. What is symptom cure when another is always there to choose? But once Christ enters in, what choice is there except to have him stay? There is no need for more than this, for it is everything. Healing is here and happiness and peace. There are, these are the symptoms of the ideal patient-therapist relationship, replacing those with which the patient came to ask for help. <clears throat> well, happiness, yeah. happiness and peace is, the, is what we're supposed to replace the problem with. Yeah, but it's also this relationship between the Christ and... Mm -hmm. and you, you know, and I think that's unique to this treatise on psychotherapy, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like, it's not someone who knows a lot and knows how to correct the patient as a therapist, but it's like inviting this higher presence into the process, you know? Like the therapist has to um, see the patient as a mirror of his own things that he's also getting over, you mm -hmm. know? and. And that's like a 
kind of a vulnerability that I don't think quote unquote professional psychotherapists allow themselves. You know, this is this is taking it a step farther and saying the the patient is the therapist of the therapist. Yeah. <laughs> and and I doubt if there would be any professional psychotherapist that would admit that. You know. Well it, that's what it's quite a leap. Yeah. To say, well, we're all in this together, and we're all healing together, and the therapist is healing as well, his his own mm. mind. The process that takes place in this relationship is actually one in which the therapist, in his heart, tells the patient that all his sins have been forgiven him along with his own. What could be the difference between healing and forgiveness? <clears throat> Only Christ forgives, knowing his sinlessness. His vision heals perception and sickness disappears. Nor will it return again once its cause has been removed. This, however, needs the help of a very advanced therapist capable of joining with the patient in a holy relationship in which all sense of separation finally is overcome. Yeah, well, there you have it. It's it's a holy relationship. Um the therapist has to be joining with the patient and seeing that the things that are to be healed are mirrored in the patient but he also has to do the healing mm. you know it's and also the christ has to be present somewhere christ's vision has to come in there that that all sickness is unforgiveness and all healing is forgiveness mm. And in that, you need Christ's vision, you know, to to manifest that truth. For this, one thing and one thing only is required. The therapist in no way confuses himself with God. All unhealed healers make this fundamental confusion in one form or another because they must regard themselves as self-created rather than God-created. This confusion is rarely, if ever, in awareness, or the unhealed healer would instantly become a teacher of God, devoting his life to the function of true healing. Before he reached this point, he thought he was in charge of the therapeutic process and was therefore responsible for its outcome. His patient's errors thus became his own failures and guilt became the cover, dark and strong, for what should be the holiness of Christ. Guilt is inevitable in those who use their judgment in making their decisions. Guilt is impossible in those whom the Holy Spirit speaks. Yeah, okay. So you think you've learned certain knowledge of psychotherapy and then you go out and you practice it. But this is saying that you you really don't know much at all <laughs> you 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 need you need a higher power to um enact a healing and you didn't make it up see that that's the thing it's saying you know don't pretend to be god and don't think that you made up the the process you know it's it's uh it's a process 
bigger than yourself. It's a it's a movement beyond your control. It's it's not something that you made up. It's something that's created and you're getting a vision of that creation and in that vision um, you're letting go and forgiving and and correcting. The passing of guilt is the true aim of therapy and the obvious aim of forgiveness. In okay, so that, that line right there, just mm -hmm. read that one line. Yeah, the passing of guilt is the true aim of therapy and, and the obvious aim of forgiveness. Okay, so then what people are coming with you, to you as a therapist, is some form of guilt. Mm -hmm. it, okay, it could be a problem, this kind of problem, that kind of problem, problem with relationships, problem with money, problem with work, problem with, I don't know, whatever, family member. Um, but it still involves some form of unforgiveness and some form of guilt. And then the healing is the forgiveness, you know, and I think that that if we could just get that one point about psychotherapy, that it's it's about seeing the guilt, seeing the unforgiveness and applying forgiveness to it. And that is the healing. And that's the psychotherapy. Yeah. Yet who could experience the end of guilt who feels responsible for his brother in the role of guide for him? Such a function presupposes a knowledge that no one here can have a certainty of past, present, and future and of all the effects that may occur in them. Only from this omniscient point of view would such a role be possible. Yet no perception is omniscient, nor is the tiny self of one alone against the universe able to assume he has such wisdom except in madness. That, may, that many therapists are mad is obvious. No unhealed healer can be wholly sane. Well, in other words, you shouldn't think you know it all, and you're the one that's doing... Yeah, and then <laughs> you, this other you're the thing, one that's doing the miracle. Like, um, like you're gonna fix somebody, and you're therefore re responsible for their healing. I think that's another deception that it's trying to expose here. Um, that that someone comes to you. It's almost like somebody comes to you, mirroring the mistakes that you've made. And you have an opportunity to correct them mm. in yourself as the therapist. And therefore, you're not there to fix them. You're there to enter into a holy relationship in which the light of the Christ vision can be um, invoked and received and the forgiveness of the Christ can come in and be applied to whatever it needs to be applied to. You don't know. You don't have any idea when somebody comes to you what what they're going to share, what what uh, what situation is in need of forgiveness. You know, they're going to reveal it to you, and then you have to be ready to respond to it. But as far as fixing them. It, it's kind of indicating that's 
that's a pitfall. Mm. You would have to be omniscient in order to do that. You'd have to know everything, every angle, every every aspect of their case, all of that. And it's it's um, it's more of a discovery than a fixing. It's like as you discover what the issues are in the patient and help them to see that, it's like both of you heal simultaneously. Right. Yet it is an in it is as insane not to accept a function God has given you as to invent one he has not. The advanced therapist is the advanced therapist in no way can ever doubt the power that is in him, nor does he doubt its source. He understands all power in earth and in heaven belongs to him because of who he is. And he is this because of his creator whose love is in him and who cannot fail. Think what this means. He has the gifts of God himself to give away. His patients are God's saints who call upon his sanctity to make it theirs. And as he gives it to them, they behold Christ's shining face as it looks back at them. The insane, thinking they are God, are not afraid to offer weakness to God's Son. But what they see in him because of this, they fear indeed. The unhealed healer cannot but be fearful of his patience and suspect them of the treachery he sees in him. He tries to heal, and thus at times he may, but he will not succeed except to some extent and for a little while. He does not see the Christ in him who calls. What answer can he give to one who seems to be a stranger, alien to the truth, and poor in wisdom, without the God who must be given him? Behold your God in him, for what you see will be your answer. Yeah, well, it's it's like you have to see the Christ in the patient, and you have to accept the correction, whatever that is, in the patient's mind as a mirror of the correction happening in your own mind. And, you know, like, it's like you have to end the separation, you know, like like it was saying, that there's no difference between the patient and the therapist. The patient is the therapist, and the therapist is the patient. And in that holy relationship, you're both healing together. You're both uh, healing um, whatever needs to be healed in the mind. Think what the joining of two brothers really means, and then forget the world and all its triumphs and its dreams of death. The same are one, and nothing now can be remembered of the world of guilt. The room becomes a temple, and the street is a stream of stars that brushes lightly past all sickly dreams. Healing is done, for what is perfect needs no healing, and what remains to be forgiven where there is no sin. Be thankful, therapist, that you can see such things as this if you but understand your proper role. But if you fail in this, you have denied that God created you and so you will not know you are his son. Who is your brother now? 
What saint can come to take your, you home with him? You lost the way. And can you now expect to see in him an answer that you have refused to give? Heal and be healed. There is no other choice of pathways that can ever lead to peace. Oh, let your patient in, for he has come to you from God. Is not his holiness enough to wake your memory of him? Of God, that means. Yeah, and the Christ. It's like, let us see the face of Christ instead of our mistakes. For we who are your holy son are sinless. You know, and like you're, no matter what mistakes your patient makes or has made, you have to see them as healed. Mm. You know, you have mm. to see them without the mistakes. Mm. And in, in your forgiving of their mistakes, you're forgiving your own mistakes. So it's a, it's a collaborative venture. And it's like every, every person who comes to you for some kind of healing is, is the Christ. And you have to see them as such. You know, and I think that's why Christ was able to heal people, was that she, he didn't see them with their problem. He yeah. saw them as their perfection. Mm -hmm. And he was able to, you know, uh, apply the force of creation, uh, or God, if you want to call it. He was able to channel that force that energy, whatever that that energy was, into the manifestation of that truth. Like if he saw them in their perfection without their Ill illness, he could channel the energy of the universe to bring that into manifestation even in their own mind mm -hmm. and in in every cell of their body, you know, he was able to transmute and turn around the mistakes and and make the corrections and that that ability was um you know his his function his purpose that's why he's you know often called the great healer mm -hmm. and so well i think okay so that was the last section in this part two so tomorrow we'll start the the third and final um, part three. I think it's uh, practice. What is the practice of the psychotherapist? Yeah. So we'll see you tomorrow. And we'll see you today for mantra breathing. It's at one o'clock Eastern time. And we hope that you'll join us. It's every Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern Time in the USA.